This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, trying to keep it here consistent, guys. Uh, keep putting out, uh, putting out some quality content for you. As we've got a lot going on here, uh, going to roll on through here. You know, we'll do a mailbag here, kind of you know, encapsulate the year and GM search, head coach search, tons of stuff obviously going on in Berea and Cleveland Browns wise. Uh, as always, you know, I don't do this alone. Your host here, Jeff Lloyd, joining uh, almost all the time from SI.com's Browns Maven, Pete Smith, your local experts on the biggest stories, Cleveland Browns wise, for your daily delivery. Of all things, Dog Pound, uh, you know, Pete, you know, I guess things are starting to align. It looks like Mike Mike McCarthy first went in for an interview tomorrow, and obviously it's a little bit easier for Mike as, you know, he has no other obligations right now. But, I mean, you know, we're going to basically, uh, you know, rip this sucker open and get started as soon as tomorrow. Yep. Um, I don't know if that means anything that they're first, but they're first. Uh, and. They've got a bunch of them lined up. It's interesting to see that, you know, obviously Mike McCarthy has the time availability to go that route. Uh, but uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if we get any tidbits or anything from this. Um, there's a lot of speculation that that uh, McCarthy would be uh, a good fit with Elliot Wolf, although it seems more like Elliot Wolf is going to be here regardless. And it's going to be largely in the same role he was already. Um, but uh, it's 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 going to be an interesting contrast to see a guy like Mike McCarthy, who's you know clearly got you know the, the best resume and the most experience and all those things. He's the oldest of the candidates they're going to talk to to this point, and uh, contrasting that to what they're going to hear from guys like Kevin Stefanski, who's you know about 20 years younger than uh, McCarthy or or Robert Sala and all these guys who are you know, uh, younger uh, and, and, you know, have come up differently than he did. So uh, if, if Mike McCarthy can sort of sell himself as being, you know, evolved and sort of adapted and updated, um, then, I, then he's going to be, to me, he becomes a very difficult uh, person to discount and he might become the prohibitive favorite, it wouldn't surprise me in the least if all of a sudden we're going to start hearing reports that he is, um, whether he actually is or not, just by virtue of the fact he was uh, the first one to go. And that's, you know, that can be how some of these things go. The only thing I could potentially see getting his way would be if, you know, the, the, the people, uh, you know, like Paul D. Podesta, who's, who's at least nominally running this thing, are so set on who they already like that they're going to sort of, you know, be sort of in their corners already. Meanwhile, the Haslam's are ultimately still making the decision, and you know that's it's hard to know what that will mean this time around. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's going to be the you know the mesh of you know you know how much has Mike changed, how much is Mike grown, is it you know analytics something you know he was part of you know what he did here with his time off. Um, but, you know, he's, you know, had the time to work on interview process for a year, uh, comes in with a strong resume. And look, we know how this goes. Uh, either way, <laughs> somebody's going to say that, uh, you know, he wowed their socks off and he's going to be the leader in the clubhouse. Guys, we all know 
how this works here. Um, from Beer City Browns backers, um, would McDaniels mean the end of Deep Podesta? Uh, we talked about this, and the thing is, is we don't know where Paul's role gonna go, is going to go. Obviously, you know, Paul's going to have a bigger voice within the building. Um, but I wouldn't say whether it's in – look, I mean, if they're saying, you know, they want more more of Paul to have a voice, I'm not sure how that's going to, you know, hurt one thing or another. But this is going to be something that should favor younger candidates, right, Pete? Theoretically, uh, it would lean that direction. Um, but. As far as the idea that that would mean the end of Paul D. Podesta, I don't know. Um, you know, there's this, whether it's deliberate or not, there, there are people who seem to be confusing the issue of what he actually does. Um, he's the chief uh, strategic officer. Uh, he He's ahead of his own department. Uh, he's not in football ops. Uh, and most of what he does is, is trying to figure out uh, processes and more efficient ways to do things, um, which is positive to me. But you know, it's certainly possible that that if they like a candidate enough that you know that doesn't agree with Paul D. Podesta, then they they may not go that route. Personally, I'm inclined to think they won't. Um, if they've gone this far with him, uh, it would seem odd to me that that they're basically saying you're going to run the head coach search. In, in so far as whatever that means, and then basically be like, okay, we we you, you, you did the search, we found our guy. By the way, pack your shit. <laughs> like, like yeah, thanks for nothing. I, I don't. That doesn't seem very realistic to me. I, you know, anything's possible, obviously, but uh, it just seems like they really want to get him involved in this whole thing, as far as being on the same page, and and if. You know, if it's true that he liked uh, Sean McDermott before and he liked the fancy last year and, and, and those guys, you know, McDermott's obviously proven to be a pretty good coach. And if the fancy goes on to be a pretty good coach, you know, they will have ignored him twice and, and he'd already have ultimately been right. So it, it's, you know, it's impossible to guess really what they're going to do, but it, just the way they've acted, it seems more likely that they're going to be more inclined to listen to him. And and at the same point, I, I know there was the Charles Robinson stuff, Charles Robinson from Yahoo has been putting out some, some good stuff on this whole thing. Um, I, I think it's premature to assume that Dee Podesta and McDaniels wouldn't get along or anything like that. I, I, again, that could be the case, but it, it seems far more reasonable that uh, they just don't know. Um, Stefanski seems to be the leader in the clubhouse at least as far as, you know, the the, the, the Browns have dealt with him. Um, this will be the, their third interview with him in, in two years. They certainly have the most familiarity with him. Um, they don't know. I mean, they haven't talked to McDaniel since 2014. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't think he possessed was even here then. I could be wrong about that. Uh, no. And, and then, uh, you know, they don't know McCarthy from anything. And some of these other candidates they've never talked to. So, it's, you know, they, they've got to sort of feel this thing out. So I think it's premature to, to jump to that conclusion. The only conclusion I think it's fair to jump to is that if they were to hire McDaniels, he's going to bring in a personnel guy with him, whether that's the GM unclear, if it's Casario, it would have to be. Um, I, I don't know if Ziegler's quite that restricted in that sense 
Um, but anything else, I think, could be more uh, open-ended. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty fair. It, you know, uh, but, you know, McDaniels and Stefanski, you know, they kind of fit the mark. You know, look, you know, Josh has got the experience. Uh, one thing you're going to have to worry about with Stefanski is, is, you know, the Vikings obviously understanding how valued he is, and they've put 14 years into this guy getting him to this point. And you look at Mike Zimmer and you wonder how much more you got left. And it's, you know, do we want to lose this guy who we spent all this time grooming uh, for what could be, even if you say with Zimmer, it could be another year, maybe two. And you have this much time invested into Kevin Stefanski. Could be interesting from that standpoint. Giovanni Raviz, which coach GM combo, Pete, is the best fit based on the existing personnel? This assumes, hopefully, the least amount of roster turnover. This is an interesting one, and this is why I do like it from the fact that it seems the prominent players here are quarterback coaches, former quarterback coaches, former offensive coordinators, or offensive coordinators uh, who've made the progression here because getting six right and getting the offense in the passing game right, it's going to be the key. Well, the answer is any combination that includes Andrew Barry uh, by virtue of the fact that he picked a lot of these guys. Um, and, you know, it, whereas anyone else might be coming in and, and saying, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't have any, you know, I don't have anything with these guys. I, I feel more inclined to get rid of them or acting that way. I think, you know, with, with, with Barry, you know, if, if he doesn't come with a contract extension almost in hand for Joe Schobert, I'd be a little bit surprised. Um, from a coaching standpoint, I think the big three are all good fits. I think they all fit really well. Um, I, I think maybe Minnesota fits, you know, I think Stefanski might fit better. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the offense they run is a really, really good fit for Mayfield. But that's not to say that he can't run what McCarthy was doing in Green Bay or hopefully an updated version of that. It doesn't mean he can't run what McDaniels was running in New England or that McDaniels doesn't have something in mind. I mean, uh, he's been sort of thinking about this uh, since that draft in terms of what he would like to do with a guy like Baker McDaniels. So the only advantage I would give is, is to anyone that has Barry simply because he has something invested in these guys. Um, defensively, if, if you're looking at a guy like Robert Sala, I would be stunned if he was to come in and say, we got to get rid of these corners. I want to run exclusively zone um, or something to that effect. If, if he can't adapt, but these are, this is why you're going to bring him in. Is they, they run an almost exclusively zone coverage in, in San Francisco because they've got a bunch of coverage guys that are suited for zone. I mean, that's why you bring in, uh, you know, what's his face from Seattle. Uh, and, and they've got a bunch of tall, slower corners and then uh, some, some decent safeties in the middle, but they, they, they're a zone team, whereas, it's, you know, the, the argument uh, with the Browns is they're, they're more suited to, you know, this is the whole thing with Steve Wilson getting so frustrated with him early on was the idea that, oh, they're going to make Denzel Ward play all the zone. He's a man corner, and obviously he still had a good season. Uh, but if, if you're saying, you know, if you, if you bring in Salah and he goes, you know, I love, I love the defensive line, I love I love Schobert. You know, he's a lot like what I just had. And, you know, I, I can adapt to, you know, these corners and I want to do such and such for safeties. Then, then he could be a great fit from that standpoint. And, you know, with, with a guy like Greg Roman, uh, that's the whole question. I mean, I, I think it's fair. 
um, to ask that. Uh, you know, obviously, all of his success, is, you know, in the NFL is largely with uh, Colin Kaepernick, Tyrod Taylor, and now Lamar Jackson. And you know, it's, he could certainly do certain things that you know some of those guys did, but I expect it's going to be a little bit different, and you're going to be wanting to hear what uh, he was able to do. But, I mean, he had a guy like Tyrod who didn't run as much as the other two, and, you know, had Tyrod had two great years with him. So these are the things you want to find out. And I, I think uh, Roman is probably more likely to be a gap scheme guy, but I could be wrong about that, maybe just what he's had. And, and I think Brian Dable would probably be the worst fit, at least in terms of a – uh, you know, in, in terms of what they're doing well right now and what he's done in his past, I think he's a heavy gap guy. He wants to be more of a vertical passing game um, and that type of stuff. And then, you know, there's uh, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, the, the Chiefs don't do a lot of the same things the Browns do. Um, I personally, I don't think he has a chance in hell. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, he, uh, I, I think the, the, the guy who would be happiest to see him come aboard would be uh, Kareem Hunt. There, there is, there is that point. Um, we've got more to get to. Look, I like Eric Bieniemy. I just think that I think that ship has sailed on him being here. Um, and who knows? I mean, if, you know, some guys and there's rumblings about some things in his Colorado days, and you know, not, not probably anything that's going to cost him a head coaching job, but stuff that's going to come up. Um, but lots to go. We'll get some more here. Locked on Browns. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith. Are you the type of fan who knows football so well? that you could choose any game and call it. Well, MyBookie is the place for you because it lets you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, college basketball, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with MyBookie. It's the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you uh, they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout, you have the ability to manipulate the spread. So if you're going to bet this season, do smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. Um, they give you the best odds to win. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to game? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway. 50%, you put in five, they'll give you 250 of their money, gives you 750 Wild card weekend's coming, guys. Four games. Jump in on it. Use the promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code Locked On to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, this is from Christopher Galloway. I do believe. I don't want to butcher the name. Yes, from Christopher Galloway. Pete is a deep Podesta, Andrew Berry, Kevin Stefanski, triumvirate, the most likely outcome. It's hard with so many names involved. I'd say this is about as strong as a triumvirate as you can put together, Pete. Well, I mean, all, this, this entirely depends on the Eagles. Um, if the Eagles basically tell the Browns to uh, to eat it, um, Browns don't have any option uh, on that. Uh, the Eagles don't have to let it, – it's not like coaches. Um, when it comes to front office guys, the Eagles don't have to let the Browns talk to them. Now, I think ultimately they will. Um, I think 
you know, he's not going to be the GM for Philadelphia. Howie Roseman is well, you know, established there, and he's done a great job for years and years and years. Um, and I think that's part of the reason uh, that uh, that Andrew Berry went there was to sort of get, you know, some more experience uh, with a with a with a really good organization like the Eagles before he makes a, a jump to a, a GM job. Um, in the in the scenario where the Eagles say, "Yeah, you can, you know, we're we're happy to let you talk to him or whatever," I think that does become the leader in the clubhouse, um, because ultimately the Haslam's are the ones making the decision, and you know, there's there's no secret that they love Andrew Barry. Um, now, the, the you know, whether it's Stefanski or someone else is unclear. I mean, I I, I think certainly Stefanski would be the favorite at that standpoint. But, you know, if, if they find somebody that they like better, um, and that's not out of the question, that could happen. The other wild card with this whole thing is if, you know, the, the Vikings go and get stomped in the playoffs and they decide we're getting rid of Mike Zimmer, it's Stefanski's job, he's probably going to take it. Um, and at that point, then he's just out. Um, you know, it, it's hard when you are a Bronze fan and you're 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 relying on Kirk uh, Cousins to deliver in prime time, which has never ever happened. So, I don't know. That's 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 sort of an interesting uh, situation there. But look, they're talking to a lot of guys. I mean, it, it could be those two, and then another head coach that they that they see eye to eye with, whether it's Greg Roman or or, or somebody else that you don't expect. But yeah, I think you have to look at those guys as the favorite, if for no other reason, then it was that close to happening already. Uh, whether, you know, the Barry part wouldn't have been quite the same way, but uh, they almost went this route. And I don't know where the Haslam's were on Stefanski. Obviously they ultimately made the choice to go with, uh, to, to go with Dorsey and, and Kitchens, but whether it was like real close or they just straight didn't like Stefanski or, or not, uh, you know, that's, that's, the, that's sort of an, the unknown here, but, yeah, those have to be uh, the, the favorite. It's just I don't think it's like you know overwhelming. I, I I don't think it's like you know the safe bet where you can you know expect to 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 win easily. I, I think it's just if there's uh, you know maybe it's like a forty thirty thirty type situation right now. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I think most likely, seemingly would be that that right now. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the thing here with Stefanski. And it's it's going to be where, you know, Minnesota, it's, you know, do we really want to see, you know, this guy that we groomed move on and go resurrect another franchise? And, you know, maybe we spent too much time with the guy we had, so to speak, here. From AJ Law, what's the status of Najoku? Feel like he was, he has great traits, but with the rumblings this year, seems like he may not be all in. I hope he makes strides. But does this push tight end to a high priority this offseason? Would love a consistent tight end target for Baker. Um, whatever the issues were with David Njoku and you know his on his doing, however, whatever it is, I haven't heard enough to say it. Um, he's essentially going to get a clean slate here. And you look at this, and you know Minnesota was Stefanski, Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith. Obviously, Josh McDaniels had great success with tight ends in New England. Mike McCarthy not opposed to tight ends. Um, any one of these guys, you're going to come in, you're going to sit with David, you're going to see where David's at. But 
I don't know too many head coaching <laughs> any head coaches. Peter going to take a new gig. Tell a soon to be twenty four year old tight end with athletic trait uh, traits off the charts that you know. Eh, I'm sorry, just not a part of my plan. Well, uh, you know, I, I've talked about this. I think David Njoku and Joe Schobert have to be the two happiest guys uh, in the Cleveland Browns organization right now because um, I think both of them have to feel good or better about their circumstances in a world where John Dorsey's not in there and, and Freddie Kitchens isn't in there. Even if it's just the the feeling of the negativity that uh, uh, was with that, I, I think it is going to be helpful for them. But yeah, I mean, again, if, if, if you hire Andrew Barry back, uh, I, I, I cannot imagine he's not coming in going, come here, Joe, we're getting this done. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I think I think David Njoku has to have a good offseason and, and a really good training camp and all those things to get back on track. I think um, some of this may have been a, as much a, 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 his own fault as it was, a, a, you know, the circumstances around it. But I also can't help but think that, you know, he got sort of caught into this uh, negative, uh, you know, spiral a little bit, and he's a guy that needs to be – you know, happy. He, you know, he, he, he. I think thinking back to like hard knocks and stuff with him, where he's, ta- you know, he's talking about drops and how he's just got to maintain a positive attitude and get, get past it. And you're hearing reports from like practice and stuff that he was just getting super frustrated. And I'm wondering if he just sort of got, he sort of lost his mojo from that standpoint and just needs to be, uh, in, in some ways, just removed from a little bit, but just getting back to feeling good, feeling healthy, and, and being able to get back on track. I, I think there's a lot at play with him here, but I think it would be insane to give up on him. So I, I assume um, that, you know, first and foremost, his salary for this coming year is already paid for um, and, and becomes a matter of the fifth year option stuff. But I would be stunned if this doesn't make him. Uh, a, a big time consideration for for this team next year. Now they, you know, what did we talk about all off season? You know, at least for a little while, was it was about Njoku and another tight end. And I still don't hate that idea if you can do it. Um, that if you can upgrade the group, great. Uh, Baker Mayfield loves tight ends. Uh, they're great, cost efficient players. Uh, their 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 team their their position that just the teams that have great tight ends tend to be great teams uh, on offense, and that's, you know, that's that's just the way it is. They're, they're, it's just a good position to invest in. So, I, I, in the same point that I would say they should, uh, you know, get Najoku right, get him get him working uh, the right way, and hopefully get him to have a career year. I think it would be insane not to uh, keep an open mind and say if there's an opportunity to add something else there and improve the group, that's great. Uh, I think that's always the mindset they should have. Well, and, you know, look, part of it is, is, you know, I mean, you know, you can come in and say, look, I, I just understand and accept the fact he's never going to be a upper echelon blocker. Um, well, it's, look, I mean, finding David Njoku type of athletic tight ends is difficult. Finding, you know, a solid blocker, that's usually not so hard. And if we saw anything with last year, um, good quarterbacks can make, you know, certain blocking tight ends look good. And obviously Baker was able to do that with Darren Fells. So was Deshaun Watson as well from Paul Spencer. Um, 
Paul's asking about you know assistant coaches and stuff that might come along here. This is one where, uh, you know, and you guys, you know, for me, like I, I'm kind of looking at it as a business decision. I think Mike McCarthy's got the best resume, but you look at it from the St- Stefanski perspective. They're going to talk with the folks in San Francisco. Uh, he's got a fantastic rapport with some of the assistant coaches in San Francisco. Works with them in the off season. Um, also, part of Paul's question is whether or not you know where does Prefer stand in all this. I think everybody kind of like to pre keep Prefer. He's done a fantastic job with the special teams. Well, he's got the Minnesota connection as well. This is something that could bode really well for Stefanski, and they're going to talk with a bunch of the guys from the San Francisco 49ers. If you would like to keep Prefer back, Stefanski obviously has a relationship there. It's one where, you know, if I'm looking outside of just resume, that lines up, Pete, and lines up pretty good. Uh, I'm inclined to think that Prefer's going to stay almost regardless of coach. Um, they haven't let him out of his contract. Um, he's good at what he does. He seems to like where he's at. Um, I mean, it's not, you know, impossible that, that somebody would come in and say, I want, you know, this particular guy in there. But I think it's one of those things where, you know, if, if, if there's not like some antagonistic relationship type deal, I think they're basically going to say, look, you're, you're good at this. You have relationships with these guys, particularly the kicker and the punter. Um, we're not going to mess with it. We, we think you're doing a good job uh, about uh, with, with, with the coverage units and stuff. We just want to keep it going as long as, you know, he's inclined to keep going. And, and that's my expectation at this point. Um, that's, that's, the, that's like the one guy I think that is most likely to stick around uh, if, it, you know, with the head coaching hire they make. Yeah, that's that one where a head coach is going to come in so married. And the other thing is you're going to come in and say, wow, you know, and looking at the numbers, looking at the history, Cleveland special teams was dull crap for a long, long time. Um, finally got it right. Uh, obviously got a weapon and a punter. <coughs> you got a kicker who got a little shaky towards the end of the year. Um, you know, you know, a lot of people don't review. I mean, uh, you know, look at kick return is that big of an asset anymore the way the rules are. Um, but they do cover kicks extremely well. Uh, you know, and I, I tend to agree in this, you know, and the other thing is, you know, prefer with his backstory, there's probably some major cities where it's not going to work so well. Um, and, you know, it's going to get, you know, magnified again, and it's going to continue to come up. And this is here where he's comfortable. He's got a good unit going. He's got two, you know, young, you know, specialists will be in their second year. Doesn't have to go, go through this again. It's this Pandora's box has already been opened here. He's already answered the questions he's had to answer, speak on it. You know, some guys don't want to have to continue to do that year in, year out as they go on to different jobs. Get to a little bit more here. Uh, uh, Locked on Browns mailbag, Jeff Lloyd, and from SI.com's Browns Maven, Pete Smith, Zabo Apparel. Um, I I will never not say enough good things about him. Great people. Um, Obviously, they've served their country. Uh, He has two children currently serving their country. Uh, love the product, love the ideas behind it, love the quality of the product. Uh, they are season ticket holders. They make their way to almost every away game. Great family, great product. Can't say enough great things about the Zabos. ZaboApparel.com, uh, at Zabo Apparel on Twitter. Go ahead. You're looking for merchandise. You're looking to purchase. Check out the fine folks over at Zabo. 
Pete, this is one we got to today with John Costco. And, you know, and everybody who seems so shocked by the dismissal of Dorsey. Pete, other than Jarvis Landry's numbers getting a little bit better this year um, and getting maybe more back to where they were in Miami, Nick Chubb, if you want to say so, because he was a starter for 16 years, there was not one player on this roster who either A, got better as the season went along, really, or was a better player for the Cleveland Browns in 2019 than they were in 2018? Well, I mean, Miles Garrett was better until he got suspended. Um, uh, but that's the thing. But I mean, but, and this was also a point of it, though, is, you know, you need more than just your stars. You know, every team should have their top five players be their top five players, but where's the glue? Where's the core? Sure. I, I mean, look, there, there's a lot of areas where you're just sitting there going that this was a lost season in, in a lot of ways. Um, and in, in, in some ways, you're, you're sitting there talking about essentially fixing what was wrong about this year for next year, particularly as, as it relates to Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, Nick Chubb was better. Uh, J.C. Treader was better. Uh, those type of things. But yeah, I mean, there's no question. Um, and, and that's, you know, the big thing is, is even if you liked uh, what John Dorsey did in terms of acquiring talent, and obviously, I, I, you know, I've, I've had my issues with that. Uh, the idea that you experienced this whole season and your, your mindset was we have to bring this coaching staff back for another year is insane to me. Like that doesn't, reflect somebody who's saying I'm looking out for the best interest of the franchise. It says, this is a guy who's looking for what's in the best interest of me. And that's problematic. And I think ultimately why he made himself unemployable for the Browns. I, I, I don't, I think it made, he made it very easy for them to get rid of him. And I think he made himself, he had to get rid of him. Um, and you know, that, that that's beyond the fact that, that they weren't on the same page and, and some of the stuff uh, they're doing in terms of, you know, more information that basically Dorsey was, you know, who said he was open-minded about data and stuff like that. I'm going to listen to the nerds. Wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't so receptive when it came to actually utilizing things like data and basically just reverted to who he was. I mean, this, this is why he is, out of a job for the second time in three years is he's basically a, di- a stubborn dinosaur who refuses to adapt and refuses to get, uh, you know, change as the game does and, and changes the way information does and just insists my way works better uh, and everything else be damned. And yeah, I, I think he's, I, I would be surprised if he gets another job in the NFL again. Um, I just don't think he, he's, somebody who can make that next step. I think he's still looking at it as this is the way I did it. This is the way it's always been done. And this is the way it's always going to be done. And he's essentially operating 20 years behind. And that's your team. That's so often feels 20 years behind that you're just, you're making it worse. And so I, I, I just, the, the more, you, you, you hear the more you read, and, and, and that's on top of the stuff that he, he was doing in terms of talent, which, sorry, wasn't beyond reproach by any stretch. He wasn't 
nearly as good as some people want to believe he is, uh, that it made it impossible to keep him. Well, it definitely brought it on himself. And I do equate it to, and look, that was his opening pressure, you know. I'll listen to the nerds, da 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 And I think of Dave Gettleman the other day saying, you know, well, we're going to hire some people in that field. Well, that's great. Are you actually going to use it? Are you going to look at it? Are you going to use it as a way to make decisions? Or is it still going to be the, you know, I'm sitting down, I saw the tape, and, you know, this player's good, X, Y, Z, and as opposed to, you know, A, B, C on the other side. There is all that. Um Pete, now, uh, you know, in offensively, defensively, look, this team has holes. We're not, we're not blind to it. Actually, guys, we were one of the champions of it. Do you, where do you think the, now, as much as we continue to talk about, you know, you need to address the two offensive tackles, I think we're both safe in saying in the agreement that, but you still need more bullets on defense, more bullets on defense than you need on offense. Well, look, I mean, you've got positions that are unplayable right now. Um, and some of that was not by choice. And some of it was because you traded players to make other positions stronger. But you had a bunch of rookies out there, the, you know, for much of the year, and they couldn't do it. Um, whether they're never going to be able to do it or they just weren't good enough as rookies remains to be seen. I, I have some serious doubts on mo- uh, many of them. But – They've got some guys who are just simply not good enough. And what makes it more frustrating is they got rid of better players to do it. So they've got areas that they have to address. And whoever takes over this thing may have to find some creative ways to create assets to be able to address these things or make some very smart plays in terms of free agency or undrafted free agents or waiver wire pickups or all that stuff. Because the way Dorsey is sort of – set this up there's more holes and less less methods to address them which is really problematic so you know whether it's trading trading guys like uh, you know i i still look at a guy like chris hubbard post june 1st uh maybe kareem hunt maybe there's some other options uh that i'm not thinking of uh that, that could fit in that mold um you know if, 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 if this group doesn't like what odell beckham does or him, he and Landry do, they could easily go that route and, and move on from them and, and say, we're going to go younger and, and, and get more guys. You know, we want a fresh start and we want everybody on the same page, that type of stuff. But they have a lot of areas that were just awful. And that can't happen if they're going to be a serious contender. Now, the, the flip side of that is, you know, John Dorsey may have screwed this thing up enough where he's at least altered the projection as to where this team's supposed to hit now and it may not be until 2021 but they can still get you know much better in 2020 uh but that that that's you know that's the calculus that they'll have to come up with in terms of when they get this thing sort of figured out well i mean and if you look at it though based on this year um you know if it's you're trying to keep yourself up with buffalo or keep yourself up with tennessee I don't think you're too far away from doing that. Um, is the gap look pretty great between you and the Baltimore Ravens for 2020? Sure. A lot of work's got to be done. Um, no question there. Uh, Pete, we're running a little short here on time. And oof, January 2nd comes quick, people. And back to the grind and bedtimes and getting kids up. Pete, I know you've been busy. I hope the carpal tunnel isn't setting in. Let everybody know what's going on over at Browns, baby. Uh, I mean, there's a... 
million articles on various candidates um, talking about one article from Sean Stevenson talking about what, what was learned from the Freddie Kitchens failure. I've talked about, um, you know, why I don't think, why, why I think Dorsey had a really difficult case to make to even be brought back. Uh, discussing Kareem Hunt's possibilities for next season, uh, giving a little cursory look at all the, uh, the main six coaches, I suppose, uh, that I think are going to be interested to the, some of the, you know, just all the stuff that's going on as much as I can. Well, I've been sitting here all day I've been sitting in this waiting room And I've been waiting on my friends Yes, I'm waiting on this conference call All alone And I'm on hold Well, yes, I'm on hold I hope it's not all day Well, I wonder where they are, yes, I wonder where my friends have gone. Where did they go? Tell me, where could they be while I'm waiting on this conference call? I don't know. Well, I'm holding on my phone, yes, I'm holding on the line. Hey! Well, I don't know where they are. I I don't know why I'm still alone mm -hmm. I'm on hold Oh yes, I'm on hold I hope it's not all day Hey! Well, let me tell y'all a story about a man who was on hold all day Yes, he was Now Maybe he had the time wrong, and maybe he didn't. There's just no way for me to say. And yes, I have seen some long hold times in my day. Yes, I have. And this was one of the worst. <laughs> 